Welcome to the Broadcasters Roundtable here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Well, the NHL battle cry this year is weather the storm, and that's pretty much what everybody's been trying to do. But we are going to have a Flyers season, and it starts this week beginning with a two-game showdown with the Pittsburgh Penguins. With our latest Broadcasters Roundtable, Tim Saunders with Jim Jackson, Bill Meltzer, and Steve Coates. Guys, Gary Bettman made the point in his media avail the other day that the owners know that they would lose less money by just scrapping the season and not playing this year. But for the importance of the game and for the importance of the fans, they've made the conscious decision to push forward and have a season. Now, in fairness, the players also have a vested interest in that. They share in not only the profits, but the losses. But I think we're all past the point, guys, where any of us are taking anything for granted. We're just happy that we're going to have a season. Very happy. Happy to have hockey back. Actually happy to be uh, at a game and not calling all the games, at least off of monitors from our standpoint. So uh, that'll be fun. Uh, But yes, this will be a a challenging season because uh, this is not like what we saw in July, August, September in the bubble. This this is uh, where the players are out and about. They're traveling. They're on planes. They're in hotels. And there are going to be, as we've already seen, COVID outbreaks. Uh, Dallas Stars have had one. There's been some trouble in Columbus, Pittsburgh. So uh, clearly this is going to be different than it was in the summer. And it's going to be more of a challenge. And one gets the feeling there are going to be schedule adjustments. I don't think the the teams look at that 56-game schedule right now and think those games are all going to be played uh, on those dates. I think a lot of them, you know, many teams will have adjustments to make. If you play all 56 on the dates, schedule right now that would be a major accomplishment but as you say Timmy it's uh, it's hockey it's back it's it's not going to be normal nothing's normal right now and won't be for a little while but it is hockey and I'm sure the league and the players are are, are determined to, to get through the season and again award the Stanley Cup. Billy it's going to be a short season obviously abbreviated but it does occur to me it's a good thing they didn't do this last year when AV was just coming in because we know that took all year to get his system in place and get you know everybody adjusted to a new coach uh, uh i can't imagine having to try to do that now yeah actually several players on the team john Couturier pointed it out and then and claude drew also pointed out that you know the flyers have a lot of continuity so you know there's every team has some changeover during an off season but it's the same coaching staff largely the same group um i, I wonder how some of the teams that had large scale changes or you know like uh Washington, Peter Laviolette is coming as a new head coach. We've seen we've seen it here that it takes a little while for players to adjust to his system because he has that particular up-tempo attacking kind of a system, or Lindy Ruff going to Jersey. I mean, you know, they're implementing a new system with real, really almost no time to do it. So a team that has continuity and has a well-established system, to me, has a little bit of an advantage to get a quick start and, and in a short season where you know, really every you know, really don't have much time to waste. Well, I think when you take a look at the head coach of this hockey club, uh, he brings everything to the table that's needed at this time. Just like you had said, he's organized. It wouldn't have matter. I, it, it's fascinating about looking at this team and looking at the strength of the coaching staff and then the leader in Alan Vigneault and the job he has done. So he's the perfect guy, I think, in this circumstance to be able to grab onto this and run with it. And when you listen to his press conferences, he's got it all in his head. He understands what he's got to do. He's got it down to, to how he's going to handle 
handle his personnel, how he's going to handle his systems. Obviously, like you had mentioned, Bill, it's a lot easier to be able to run, hit this running when you've got a veteran group. You've been there. You've already uh, had this a, a year under your belt. But I'll tell you what, you couldn't ask for a better guy right now to be running the show heading into this short season. You know, we use the word so often because uh, it, the players were all pointing out that the thing about A.V. that separates him from maybe other coaches that they've had is how he holds everybody accountable. And it doesn't matter your station on the team. He's challenging everybody on every given night. And if you're a star player and you haven't come in in great shape, he's going to be on you like he would be a kid. No doubt. And I mean, every player, and of course, our only access to players these days is through uh, things like this, a Zoom or WebEx, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but every player that talks, accountability is the word that, that seems to come come out of their mouths when it comes to, to AV. So, yeah, he's going to treat uh, the veterans and the rookies the same in, in some respects, although I do believe he also does give veterans some respect. Uh, but but the bottom line is if you're not in shape or you're not playing well or you're not uh, following the system, uh, you're going to lose ice time. And he uses his ice time on a merit basis, and I think those are the best coaches. This team had one feather in its cap the last few years when they knew they needed instant offense. They could always put those big three guys together, Couturier, Giroux, and Jake Voracek. Billy, now we find all three of them on different lines. Yeah, um, and that's, I mean, that's, to the depth that the team has that they're able to spread out the wealth a little bit and it's not uh not forcing it you know if you remember the last the first quarter of last season Flyers' best line was uh couturier with oscar Lindblom and, and travis connecty um really the first really into even in november and that line was broken up more at that point just to try to get some other lines going you know offensively um you know the 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 way that the way the Flyers have been able to run lines throughout uh, throughout camp, I mean, uh, I really, I think one of the best stories in camp, maybe the best story, is the way that Nolan Patrick has looked, and he's a, you know he's on a line with Voracek and uh, with James Van Riemsdyk, and uh, you know they're showing signs of chemistry and and just uh, you know the way that uh, the way that Patrick has attacked the ice and has looked healthy and in tremendous shape, uh, very assertive. That to me is one of the most promising things going in. I, I think that uh, it gaps right right through the middle with Couturier. Hayes, uh, Patrick, and, and Scott Lawton is their better fourth-line center around the league. You're hard-pressed to find one. You know, that, and to be able to have four lines, guys that play together, you know, has offensive upside, but every line has you know, every line has at least one 200-foot guy on the line. I, I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a very deep group and, and the ability to, you know, as you said, look at something other than other than that big line with Drew and, and um, uh, Couturier together. And, you know, sometimes it's Konechny, sometimes it was Voracek or, or whatever the case might be. But to be, able, to be able to have four legitimate lines like that, I think, because uh, the Flyers, it really presents a lot of matchup difficulties for other teams. Colton, you and I talked about it all year last year. The makeup of this hockey club still hasn't changed. Unlike some teams who have real star power, who have superstars in their lineup, I think you could probably argue that the Flyers don't have that superstar quite yet. But the depth, the skill they have deep in their lineup or deep in their roster is, uh, I think, unmatched by almost any other team. I don't ever remember, as long as I've been doing this, where you've had not one, but two situations where you've had players come into the forefront after serious sicknesses or diseases and or injuries, whatever. But having Lindblom and Patrick back in the lineup is like 
it's like somebody dropped something out of the sky and said, here, get better. I mean, all of a sudden, you got a guy that was a, two, a second uh, line center two years ago, all of a sudden was out of the lineup. You miss that type of uh, player in your lineup because you're only as good as you are in the middle. And next thing you know, he's back and he's playing third line center in your hockey club. Man, that is unbelievable. Then you take your leading goal scorer at the time that he was diagnosed last year in Oscar Lindblom and he's back and you throw him back in your lineup into a lineup that was already strong. Think about this. Nine out of 10 games they'd won back in February, heading into the time that the, 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 the league broke down or shut down. And then all of a sudden you've got these two guys in your lineup. It is scary how this has all happened. And it's scary good because you give like, Bill's already said, it's given you four solid lines with Lawton in the middle on that back, the, the, the fourth line. It's scary good. Then when you talk about the defense, you lose a guy like Niskanen, a veteran, a Stanley Cup winner, a guy that brings credibility to you back on the blue line. You lose him, and now you've got depth after depth to be able to fill that position. On top of that, you got two solid goalies. I don't think there's a team in the division that is as strong depth-wise. So you don't need superstars in this circumstance. you got a solid hockey club that's ready to play. Jimmy, it's nice to have superstars if you have them. And, and the Flyers may have a couple of guys that are close or that will get there. Sean Couturier won the Selkie Trophy. We know Carter Hart, we think, is one of the best young goaltenders in the NHL. But it's funny how attitudes change. Mine certainly has in the last week. We're, we're all so thrilled that Oscar Lindblom has made the miraculous recovery, and what a, a wonderful human story that is, and his return to play is. As it relates to Nolan Patrick, to honestly, based on what he's gone through the last couple of years, I was taking a wait-and-see attitude. I haven't seen anything this week that doesn't say he's not only ready to hit the ground running, but boy, his skill is better than I remember it. It's undeniable. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I, I got that sense, Timmy, when we, we heard uh, uh, A.V. talk uh, right at the very beginning of training camp, and uh, all he was saying is he's a very skilled young man, <laughs> and that is really what jumps out when you watch him play and when he's right, which he seems to be right now, uh, he has elite talent. Now, I'm not saying he's an elite player yet, uh, but the, the potential is there because he makes plays, passes, uh, touch passes. He makes plays that the, the average NHL player just does not make. Um, and, and the potential is there. He also has very good hockey sense, hockey IQ. He's not a bad defensive forward, which he's going to need to have responsibility on the line he's on because he's got some offensive forwards with him. So uh, there, there's a lot to like about Nolan Patrick. I will still say I have some trepidation until he's in a lot of physical contact. He did take a big hit in training camp. It was friendly fire, and it was a you know a com- kind of a bowling pin kind of hit, but it was a, a solid contact. And, and although his helmet, he took his helmet off, and you know he seemed a little bit uh, shaken up at first. He came right back for his next shift. Everything seems to be okay. So that was a good test. But he's going to get those probably more frequently when they're playing other teams. So uh, there will be some tests still uh, we got to see if he can get through those but if he is right as coachy said it makes this team so much longer in terms of the forwards and the depth and you're talking about a fourth line center that really is a third line center and a third line center that's really a second line center that, that's really good to have on your team so uh, he is important I don't want to put it all on Nolan Patrick but but if he's right uh, I can see why these these predictions the NHL.com just came out the Flyers were the highest team in the east 
and without a player in their player rankings that really was any higher than maybe Carter Hart, but I think Giroux is their highest forward and, and Couturier, highest winger at 18, and Couturier was lower than I thought he should be uh, to what you were talking about. Not a really a superstar anywhere here, but a lot of depth and quality depth. So that bodes well, especially in this COVID kind of season where you may have players who test positive or whatever. You're going to have to rely on that depth more often than a normal season, and that bodes well. Yeah, you know, it used to be the third line was kind of considered a checking line. That's probably not true anymore in the National Hockey League. You've got to have three and really four lines that can contribute offensively. Not that these combinations are going to stay together all season. Jake Voracek's a pretty skilled guy. For that matter, so is Van Riemsdyk. On a third line, if Patrick remains healthy, that, that could be scary good. It, it, yeah, and I, I really on, on two different fronts too, because it, it creates matchup problems for other teams. You know, not every not every line is going to be clicking every night. So, you know, whoever you have going, you know, you can give out more ice time to in a given night. One of the things that Elaine Vigneault does especially well is is he taps in he has a, you know his hand on the pulse of a particular game. So if one line is going one night, they'll play him. You know, one night isn't going a little bit less. And then, you know, then all just for the, for the next game after that. And the other part that's really a good thing for a team is it creates internal competition because, you know, everybody wants to be out there in key situations. Individual players, you know, want to be on the power play. And, um, you know, when you don't just have set guys who play, you know, specific situations, they're always pushing each other. And, and you see that on, you see that on the best teams that there's competition for you know for ice time on an ongoing basis, and that's uh, you know that's a really positive thing. And it was it was evident I think you know, in camp that to me was one of the, the biggest positives that uh, you know the, the guys were pushing each other, chirping one another, whatever, and you know in a good nature kind of way. But every everybody wants the ice time, and uh, you have guys that are capable of, of playing those minutes. Well, it's going to be a 56-game schedule. Everybody's going to be dealing with new challenges, but uh, we will have hockey. Flyers start with two against the Pens, and this year, more than any other, the start is going to be huge. With our latest broadcasters roundtable, Tim Saunders, Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, and Bill Meltzer. Enjoy the games. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.